Welcome to Will's Personal Development Podcast, where we bring you data and science-backed answers and advice from billionaires. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Will, and welcome to my personal development podcast. Today, in this episode, we will be talking about does luck and chance matter, and what should you do about it? So this is a question that uh, oftentimes pops up. People wonder, is it all about luck? Did I, is it all about just lucking out in life and winning that lottery? And how much does luck play a role in this? And the question behind this question, they're pretty much asking, can I just give up? Or can I just not try harder? Or can I not do anything because I want to find an excuse so that I can blame someone else, whether it's luck or the environment, so that I can not do anything to improve myself because there's some form of evidence out there I can use as an excuse and a crutch so that I don't really do anything. Today we're going to be talking about this and really going into detail on uh, very specific things, not just whether or not uh, luck matters or how much it matters, but uh, interestingly enough, what you think might be lucky is not actually lucky. So first, let's address that whole crutch thing. Like You can already kind of tell from my tone that obviously, uh, if that really is the question behind your question, uh, then yeah, you know my answer. Of course, if you go like that, then you will have uh, a self-sabotaging system. You're pretty much preventing yourself from achieving your full potential uh, with this belief. Because just think about it. If you have this excuse that, oh, it's all about how lucky you are or uh, whatever you're using to not try as hard as you can, then you are in some way lowering your chances of success. Maybe that means you knock on fewer doors to sell a product or you give up right before your business is about to succeed or this or that, whatever it is, uh, maybe you don't even attempt to start a movie or become an actor or do whatever you thought might be possible because you have kind of resigned yourself to luck. And that, by definition, is preventing potential because if you do not try, your chances of success are 0% because you you're not even trying, but by at least trying, you're pushing that up to 1%, 2%. And that repetition over years, uh, you're kind of just spreading out and increasing the chances of success. If you have a 1% chance of win- winning a million dollars, but you have a thousand tickets, then each time you have 1%, you know, it, at some point you're going to hit that million dollars. And a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs like uh, Neil Patel, uh, they call this making your own luck or uh, putting the odds in your favor. And I do think from my observations of billionaires and successful people, a lot of successful people, they what they do is they do everything that they can to tilt the odds in their favor, 
whether it's Will Smith who literally works while you're sleeping, works while you're eating, works while you're taking a break, he has pushed a success lever of work. And there's all sorts of other success levers you can use from persistence to optimism to uh, forming relationships to uh, complimenting people and really uh, befriending them to uh, having a different positioning and so on and so forth. Now, this this episode is not going to go into detail about that. It's simply to uh, just show you how that works. Now, let's address this topic of luck because I do think on the extreme levels, there are people who, uh, by the moment they were born, they had lucked out in every single way and their whole life was kind of set in motion. And of course, on the extreme levels, when there's billions of people on this earth, uh, that's billion with a B, that's a number that you can't even begin to imagine or or really uh, visualize because it's so big. Of course, there will be people at the top of the top, you know, the richest person in the world. Obviously, that is what will occur. And Malcolm Gladwell wrote a great book to address this. It's called The Outliers. And basically... He wrote it as a reaction to everyone, uh, I'm guessing the, the self-help community, uh, who, are, who who's pretty much saying, oh, you just gotta, you have that potential inside of yourself to change your life. And he, he said that he wrote this because uh, he wanted to bring out evidence that there are situations where people do straight up succeed because they lucked out genetically and everything was paid for them. And it wasn't. It didn't have to do with much else. And I think that uh, this angle kind of went too far because uh, I feel like a lot of people took the wrong message from that book and, and they just used that as an excuse to kind of just not even try anymore and just tell themselves, oh, you know, I didn't luck out in life and, and, you know, have everything handed to me. And I, I didn't have, I wasn't born a genius with a high IQ. And that's personally why I don't really like the word genius when I hear it uh, or or anything like that, high IQ. Uh, because, again, it's, it's not even about IQ, as he mentions in the book as well. Uh, a lot of these people... Uh, they it wasn't their IQ that got them there. There's also um, a part of the book that goes into detail about tracking why certain successful people were successful, and he referenced this extensive decade-long study where they basically tracked the the best of the best of the best of the best children in the United States uh, based off IQ scores. Uh, and they assume that these people who are like the most smartest, most intelligent people would grow up to be the most successful. And for the first several years, it seemed that way. They were winning awards left and right. They were doing better than the control group of just average kids. And then everything just turned to crap. It was shocking. They tracked these people into adulthood and uh, these high IQ people, for some reason, they didn't do any better than the average people. Some of them did even worse. Some were like garbage collectors. And it was just shocking. And uh, from the book, he came to the one one inference or one 
theory that they came to a conclusion with was that uh, it was because these people were not given the right resources as children and the right guidance from their parents, even though they had the IQ. And my theory is that uh, there's a lot of other uh, success levers out there, as proven by books like Emotional Intelligence by Dan Goleman or Emotional Intelligence 2.0 or The Growth Mindset. By, uh, it, that book's called uh, Mindset, The Psychology of Success by Carol Dweck. There's multiple different uh, avenues towards success depending on uh, what type of career you're going for. Uh, there's social intelligence, of course, back in the medieval times. That was very important because it was more about you know, a Game of Thrones where you're trying to please your uh, kings and queens and get on their good side rather than offend them or, or tell the truth or, or anything like that. You, you're kind of like on your tiptoes at all times so that you wouldn't get beheaded and killed. So I, uh, my theory is that there's multiple different levels of intelligence and not just intelligence, but all sorts of other skill sets involved, hard work ethic, uh, focus, uh, energy levels, motivation. Of course, people who uh, are motivated at much higher levels, maybe they have to pay for their mom's cancer bill. They're going to be a lot more motivated to succeed and work a lot harder than someone who's just lived a normal life. So there's all these different factors involved, in my opinion. And I just think that the even to this day, I talked to someone my age who was Indian and uh, she was an immigrant to America. And of course, uh, her thinking, I think most of the world's thinking still to this day is that all that matters is how smart you were born, how how intelligent you were when you were born. And that's just not, it's not as simplistic as that. Of course, it doesn't have to be excessively complicated either, uh, but I do think it's too simplistic. And I think most of the world, especially the Asian world, they still think this way. It's all about how they, they think it's all about how fast you can do your math. And of course, that matters to a certain extent. Uh, a lot of people who are really good at math succeed in life, but that's not the end of the story. And there's plenty of examples. There's this great book called Mastery by Robert Greene, and he goes through all these different examples of people who. Uh, they were book smart, but they weren't socially intelligent and they got beheaded or fired or let go from their company because they didn't think how they could be socially intelligent and not offend their boss uh, while telling the truth. So that's a bit of a taste of why luck is not exactly what you think it is. You know, a lot of people, they think, oh, if only I was lucky and I succeeded in a certain way. Well, that's maybe not even what you want. You think you want more IQ, but maybe that's not even what you want. And pe most people go to their deathbeds. They die without re even realizing this. So back to this whole book on outliers. So Malcolm Gladwell in this book, uh, here's a quick book summary. Basically, he just went through a bunch of these super successful uh, richest people in the world, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, etc., etc. Uh, and essentially, if you study all all their lives, everything kind of lined up. They were born with a highly uh, genetic skill, so that they were just naturally better at something compared to their peers. 
for Gates, it was programming. Steve Jobs, it was business marketing and hardware. And maybe not hardware, but like uh, tech. And Warren Buffett, it was uh, stock investing. And from there, they were not only given the, the right genetic talent, but they were introduced to that skill and uh, given the chance to cultivate it from a very early age. Another example is Mozart. Uh, he was from a very early age. He was put into that world. And then the third and final like nail in the coffin was they were given the best uh, resources in the entire world to cultivate that gift starting from a very early age. So Bill Gates, he had access to one of the very first computers in the entire world at his high school. And he would sneak into his high school every night and practice with it. So a lot of things lined up. His his straight up love, his straight up talent, and his his access to resources. And same thing with Steve Jobs. He was born in a city in California that was like literally the heart of what Silicon Valley would become. And he could literally walk down the street and get access to some of the most high tech uh, hardware and experiment and play with it from a very early age. Uh, and Warren Buffett, uh, he had access to this library. He read every book on stock investing by the time he was like 11 or 12 in his library. And uh, then his family moved to D.C. And then he had access to the Library of Congress. And of course, he really loved what he did and his genetic talent lined up. He could literally do massive numbers in his head, which was just ideal for stock investing. And so it all just kind of worked together. So don't let that discourage you, though. I would consider myself an average person. Unlike these people, I am pretty much average. You know, I have average interests. I like video games and so forth. And, of course, those don't really pay unless you're, like, the best in the world at video editing on YouTube or uh, you're like a professional gamer, which is like really tough. You have to compete with millions and it's not the shelf life isn't that long. Uh, but I'm pretty average. And the reason I bring that up is because I didn't have the same life where even when these people were struggling or they, they had business failures, they were still loving it and they were going to succeed from an early age. They were making tons of money uh, and they just grew from there and they loved what they did and it didn't really matter. For me and I would say the rest of the world, most of the other billions of people on earth, we live lives where maybe we don't know what we want to do and we try and find it and we end up with jobs that we kind of tolerate, maybe we like, maybe we hate and we're still trying to figure things out. And that's been my life. I've been just trying to figure things out. There's been tons of stuff I didn't want to do that I've had to do. And I would say that's normal. So you kind of want to realize that, yes, there is definitely luck involved in this world. Like there has to be. Someone has to be the luckiest person in the world. And of course, when you have billions of uh, data points, and I don't want to call humans data points, but billions of people in the world, of course, there will be people who 
luck out. And of course, there will be really weird, bizarre combinations where some people are just the unluckiest people on earth, and they just their life just sucks in so many ways. And then there's just going to be people who, you know, everything kind of aligns from the moment that they were born. Uh, but most of us kind of fall into the middle, and that's completely okay. And uh, when you study a lot of millionaires and billionaires, you realize that most of them, especially millionaires, they did not have everything handed to them at birth. They kind of had to fight for it and work for it. Maybe some of them were dumb. Some, of, A lot of millionaires, they failed school. And so what you realize is that, okay, sure, if you go to that extreme extent, yeah, there's luck involved and uh, there's there's not much you can do to compete with uh, the richest people in the world in that sense. But you don't have to. You don't have to make billions of dollars to be happy. In fact, a lot of these people, these billionaires, they didn't do it for the money. Warren Buffett says he, he just loved what he did. And I think that's, that's a key to success in a way because... Uh, there's plenty of entrepreneurs that make millions of dollars that hate their business, but they're forced to work 20 hours a day to keep the business running because they can't walk away from the money, even though they can't even spend the money because they're too busy running a business and uh, they have this business that they hate. So they, their whole lifestyle kind of sucks. So it's it's you don't want to over-focus on money. But back to the main point, just realize that... For the majority of us, our lives aren't perfect from birth, and we kind of have to work towards that situation. And studying a ton of millionaires really helps you with that. Of course, there's podcasts on this, there's eventual millionaire, and of course, there's uh, books on this. There's actually thousands of books by millionaires, and if you read a bunch of them, whether it's, uh, um, I don't want to name names, but uh, there's Gary Vaynerchuk's books, there's uh, Tony Robbins' books. Some of these people, they literally had crappy situations. And you can even hit the billion dollar point with crappy beginnings if you work hard enough and you you do the right things and, and you, you know, hopefully everything aligns. Uh, and a great example would be Oprah Winfrey. I mean, just uh, her whole story is so inspiring. I mean, talk about crappy beginnings her parents conceived her from a one-night stand under a tree they weren't gonna marry or anything it was a accidental birth uh, accidental pregnancy then from there she was sexually abused physically abused as a child and she was overweight she had her first kid when she was like uh, 18 it was a miscarriage and the whole whole life was a wreck. Uh, everything was going against her, and but she still followed her her passion, her dream of uh, basically reading. Uh, she got her start at, in a radio, just reading, and then she became a reporter. And her whole journey was one of uh, fa- chasing and finding her passion, and then uh, dealing with that. of her job that she didn't like and then tweaking. And uh, I think her whole life story, and I I highly recommend you just study her. She's done a great commencement speech at Stanford Business School, which you can watch on YouTube for free, which kind of goes into more detail about her journey. And then she wrote a a great book called What I Know For Sure on the topic. 
and I'm just going to give you a peek about the book. Uh, essentially, it, it talks about her story and then gives, just gives her uh, great life lessons and um, a few hints on finding your passion and making money and, in the process. And one of the big points from the whole thing that I learned was that she, her journey to talk show host where she becomes one of the most successful celebrities, uh, most famous people in the world, where literally, and to this day, I still see this. I'm still amazed because um, maybe I was just born in a different time, like after she she quit her show, but I've seen people who literally, they're like, they say her name like it's, like she's a goddess. And she, she, they talked to her as if she's a goddess. Uh, and it's kind of mind-blowing because at one point she was just Oprah Winfrey. She wasn't Oprah. She was Oprah Winfrey, just 18-year-old Oprah Winfrey. And uh, for her to just like create such amount of success is incredible. And what I got from that is that most people assume that she just got there. Like at the age of 21, she started as a talk show host and boom, female billionaire, African-American. No, that that wasn't actually the case. Uh, even her, and I really found this startling and uh, inspiring to me, is that even her, she spent many years working towards her passion. And she started reading in a radio station. She loved it, but there are certain parts that she didn't like. She just kept a note of that. And then when a new opportunity came where she could become a reporter, she tried that out. And she liked it more, but there's still parts that she didn't like. And she just kept rinsing and repeating until she finally got to what she liked. And I just found that incredibly inspiring. So just keeping that in mind. Now back to that whole main message and tying this back to luck. Oprah Winfrey was not that lucky from birth. Like for her... She was not like Bill Gates or Warren Buffett. In fact, she had a lot more going against her. She was not white and she was not a male. So for her to overcome all of that plus that discrimination and still become a female billionaire, I just think it's incredible. And of course, she did not do this by just chasing the money. She never did this for the money as well. It was it was more about her making an impact for her audience, which I found interesting. A lot of these people, they never chased the money. Bill Gates never even thought that uh, his industry could really grow uh, because at the time, computers were a, a very costly thing. It, it, he never thought it would grow to a, a worldwide consumer market. So in that sense, he was also lucky. Now, I'm not saying that these people didn't work hard and uh, persevere and do all the other success traits. I'm just saying that on top of that, there's a lot of luck involved. And a lot of billionaires will admit this. Eric Schmidt, he's the manager, uh, uh, top manager of Google. He's a billionaire as well. And he has credited his success a lot to luck. You could check his interviews. And uh, he says, yes, I was hardworking. I was a good manager, blah, blah, blah. But it was luck that I you know, was in the right place at the right time and uh, worked with Google. So I just find that incredibly interesting. And uh, there's so many other stories and insights I can take from all these people. But uh, 
I just want to keep this concise and focus on this main topic of luck uh, in this episode. So what can you take from this? Okay, so I don't, my circumstances do not have to be perfect. Okay, there's multiple levers that I can control, such as emotional intelligence, willpower, etc, etc, that I can use to make my own luck and improve my odds. Okay, that's awesome. Now, what's the final bit? Well, the final bit I want to really touch on is this whole idea of um, luck is not what you think it is. And what I mean by this, and I've already hinted at this throughout, uh, it's this whole sense of that what you think you want is not what you want. So an example, as I've already mentioned, would be IQ. A lot of people still assume that IQ is like the single biggest indicator for success. And of course, uh, that on its own, I just think is silly because first off, I mean, it's common sense. Success is so subjective. Like you define what success means to you. Uh, it's uh, by definition, it, it just simply means achieving a goal. And that goal is up to you. So if success means, you know, marrying or dating beautiful women there's a lot of really intelligent smart people who are just not attractive in the ways that a woman would like and uh, in that sense maybe you don't want iq but uh, what i really want to focus on is the fact that not only is IQ, maybe not what you want for luck, but what you think you want in terms of, oh, I wish I had uh, incredible money from my parents and I wish I just inherited a lot of money. That's probably a really bad thing. In fact, I, I really think that a middle class American livelihood, which is what most of my US audience grew up living and most Americans grew up living, that's probably like the most ideal situation you can ask for to be born at uh, in terms of anything. Because if you're born with excessive money, you get spoiled, you, you oftentimes don't have the drive, you have a distorted view of life, and you, you end up spoiled. And I'm not saying that just because you do that, you can't succeed. I'm just saying it's tougher because you're pampered. And then on top of that, there's all sorts of other uh, things that you think that you want. Like, oh, if I had this or if I had that, then life would be all happy and dandy. And oftentimes you find that's not the case. Uh, sometimes the rejection that you had is what really pushes you to become the success that you are or the the failure that you had. Uh, and there's, let me just give you a few specific examples so you can be more clear on what I mean. Uh, Will Smith, he was cheated on by his girlfriend at the age of 16 or 17, and that's really what spurred him to become the best actor in the world. Uh, there's plenty of uh, people who lose their jobs, or and then they try and get another job, and then they... Uh, they find that they find their job, th this job that's just perfect for them, and then they apply, and they almost get it, and they get rejected. But that's just what they needed 
to succeed because after that rejection, they found an even better job that really spoke to them. And I've seen this so many times. I think there's um, a very recent example with uh, the founders of Airbnb. They're now a billion-dollar-plus company. And these people would never have started the company if they were accepted by Google. They actually, One of them actually applied to Google and they got through multiple rounds of applications, got to the very end, and then they got rejected. And had they been accepted by Google, they would be just employees at Google right now rather than founders of a billion-dollar company of their own making. So that's it's just one of those things where life is... Uh, what appears to be bad luck may be good luck in the long run. And I'll just give you one more specific example. Warren Buffett, he was rejected from Harvard Business School. Huge blow to him. Turned out it was the best thing that ever happened to him. Because of that, he went to Columbia Business School, found his mentor, which is Benjamin Graham, which taught him his whole framework and principle for investing. And if he didn't never had that, uh, I don't know. I'm sure he would have still been done moderately well he was a smart guy but without that framework i really don't think he would have made billions of dollars or even close to that because his whole investing style was based on this framework and uh it's his like core philosophy even decades later and so it was a huge blessing in disguise for him to be rejected by harvard and uh there's this chinese proverb that really summarizes this whole thing really well and uh it's it's a it's a parable it's a story so basically uh, they, there's this Chinese family. They live in this small traditional town. And uh, one day, the the boy of that family, their child, uh, their little boy child, uh, breaks his leg. And everyone in the village is like, oh, such bad luck. Now your child's a cripple. And their parents are like, how do you know it's bad luck? You don't know if it's good or bad luck until uh, the end of our lives. And then the villagers were like, okay, weirdos. That's kind of weird of you to say. And then a few weeks later, a war breaks out and the government has to recruit people to fight in the army. And the whole village is kind of like scared and angry and pissed off because uh, now they know that most of their children are going to be sent to this war and die. And it's a huge tragedy. But it turns out that the guy, who the, the little boy who uh, broke his leg, he got to uh, skip the war because he was injured and he was uh, unsuitable to be a soldier. And so that ended up saving his life. And then later on, the boy lucks out and gets this like free horse and he finds this horse and villagers are like, oh, this is great luck. This, this is incredible. You're so lucky you have this horse. And then the, of course the horse, uh, the, the parents say the same thing. How do you know it's good luck? You don't know until, uh, you know, the end of time. And lo and behold, a few weeks later, the horse messes up this boy even more and injures him even more. And it turns out to be bad luck. So the point of that whole parable is uh, you don't really know until the end what's good or bad. Uh, the billionaire John Paul DeGioia, he says, if 
And, and pay attention here. This is important. If it's bad, it's not the end. Oh, wait, no, 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 it, it goes something like this. Sorry, I'm doing this off the top of my head uh, by memory. Uh, the actual quote goes, In the end, everything will be all right. And if it's not all right, it's not the end. So it, it's all a similar line to that parable, but... Um, the point, if you don't want to dissect those parables and quotes to figure out the meaning, here's what the meaning is. What seems bad now might be good or even better for you, incredibly good for you in the long run. You just don't know. You can't properly assess a situation. And of course, I've given a lot of examples already to prove that. And if your times are tough right now, and you feel stuck or discouraged, just keep going. Uh, and I think uh, this is a philosophy that's uh, really helped me during really tough times uh, because the world or uh, haters or negative people, they might want you to give up or even kill yourself uh, because your life's going so bad. But I chose to view that perspective, that mindset, and instead I said... Uh, you know what? That's what they want me to do. And if I did that, it'd be game over. But if I stayed alive, there would always be a chance that I could succeed. There's always be a chance for hope. And I just keep moving towards that. And they want me to quit. They want me to just give up now and completely ruin my chances of success and happiness and fulfillment. Uh, uh, back then, I was struggling with uh, lack of friends, lack of pretty much everything. And uh, yeah, that essentially, it can really help you out because uh, by pushing forward and persevering, uh, you can really succeed. And then from there, you know, it was really tough. Uh, some people helped me out. And then through uh, studying the science of happiness, I learned that I can be happy right now as of uh, how I am without the need for external possessions. And science has shown that that really just helps negligibly anyways. So I want to just wrap this up. The uh, point of this is that luck on its own, uh, the only reason that you should even think about luck is if you can bend that luck and increase your chances of success in any way in your favor. Do not use it as a crutch or an excuse to hold you back because that's what it's going to do. If you let it be an excuse, you're going to use it to not fulfill your potential. You're going to slack off more. You're just going to say it doesn't matter anyways. And you're going to work less harder, do less, create less opportunities, and so on. And finally, uh, yes, there are people who just really luck out in the world. That's natural selection and evolution for you. And of course, when there's billions of people in such volume, such extremes will happen. For But for the most of us in the middle of the pack, you really can change your life by simply uh, making your own luck and increasing your chances. And of course, there's so many millionaire examples, not just Oprah Winfrey, uh, but Tony Robbins. This man was literally a janitor, a janitor, homeless, broke, completely straight up broke janitor. And in 10 years from that day, while he was sweeping the floors, he flew over that same building in a helicopter 
and you literally flew to this event where thousands of people were paying him a lot of money to speak. And he, he writes about this in the start of his um, best-selling book, Awaken the Giant Within. And I still remember that uh, moment because I, I read that intro numerous times during tough times. And uh, it really struck home for me. And uh, if I could tell my younger self anything, I would, I would, uh, I would give him the advice uh, or I would attempt my best to make him be have a better, happier attitude while he was that janitor. Uh, I think a lot of us are stuck in that situation, whatever we are, wherever we are, and, and we're that janitor who doesn't see any hope of a better life. He was making minimal wage, he had no college education, and he had no potential. Uh, but I really do think that uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you have already lucked out enough. Warren Buffett calls it the ovarian lottery. By simply being born in a certain country, uh, especially like the U.S., if you're born in the U.S. or, or you know any similar country or if you can get here, um, you have no more excuses because the, the upward potential is just ridiculous here. It's not easy. It's not going to be handed to you, but... Um, I mean, for Tony Robbins to go from janitor to to uh, worth hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, with starting with nothing, like he didn't even finish school, that really just shows how almost anyone can make it with the right attitude, the right uh, success factors, and the rest of the world's going to tell you otherwise because they don't believe in this personal development crap. Uh, but don't let that get to you. They want you to think like that because uh, maybe they they've just uh, fallen into their own negative belief patterns stay positive stay true to yourself and uh, last bonus tip before we uh, conclude this is just really think about how fortunate you already are and i know even as i say this it's really tough for myself again i i'm going along this journey with you because uh, i'm not there either i'm not where i want to be but I'm still very fortunate. And I know um, it's been really tough for me to do this, but for a couple years now, I've uh, committed to never complaining about anything again, simply because I was born in the United States of America and um, given the opportunity to learn and grow like any citizen, and uh, my potential was there. And so that is enough. And of course, I could complain about all... My parents didn't give me this, or I was mistreated, or I didn't have this, or whatever. But at the end of the day, I was given something that hundreds of millions of people across the world would kill for. Uh, they would just kill for this opportunity because they live in countries where those opportunities are just not there. Will Smith said it best. He said that, Will Smith would not have existed in any other country. He, he referred to himself in the third person. And his whole point was that um, he had become the most famous, uh, one of the highest paid, most well-known actors in the entire world. And he knew that in any other country in the world, uh, the economic system was just not set up for that to occur. That the potential, the, the mindsets, the belief... And I think that's opening up. I think countries are opening up 
things are changing and uh, it's it's tough because it you know you can see this and you can be like yeah yeah i have this i was born in the u.s and uh, but so is everyone else i see so are all my peers and I, i'm still not making millions of dollars and this and that and it's going to be really tough to to audition or just like move away from home and, and try and become an actor and there's plenty of people who also have a education that i have to compete with uh, who were born in the u.s and of course those are just common complaints that i uh, that naturally erupt in my brain but i have to really cut them out and just kill them because uh at the end of the day it's enough and uh I should be so fortunate and so grateful for what I have. And I know I'm not alone. I know those complaints and excuses and negative attitudes erupt in everyone my age because I've seen it, because I've mentioned these topics to people who aren't in the personal development and that's how they'll react as well. But you can't let that get you down. Thanks so much. If you like this podcast, feel free to uh, you know share it uh, with someone you think would be helpful would like this and of course uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button so it doesn't get lost in the abyss you don't want to forget to subscribe to this podcast and forget the name of it and then never be able to find it again out of the 250,000 podcasts out there so make sure you subscribe to this podcast write down the name so you don't forget about it and so you'll know for free when I upload free episodes of course Uh, This is a brand new podcast with very few listeners. So what this means is that you have first-hand feedback. If you want to give any type of ideas or requests uh, for pains or struggles or episode ideas in the future, feel free to contact me uh, at my blog, willyoulaugh.com slash contact. Uh, And it's spelled just how it sounds, willyoulaugh.com slash contact and of course uh, if you're a really helpful person go ahead and leave a review on itunes Uh, it doesn't have to be a five-star review whatever you want Uh, and that's it and i will see you in the next episode of will's personal development podcast thanks so much thank you for listening to will's personal development podcast You can find more at willyoulaugh.com.